Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Good. It's good to see you. Welcome to Hope City. Uh, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm a senior pastor here, and I'm uh, I'm excited that you've joined us this morning. Uh, today, I'm going to continue the series, What's in a Name? We're going to be digging a little deeper into the names of God. And uh, I love this series because each name takes us a little deeper into the character and the nature of God. Isn't that cool that by his very names and the essence and how they proclaimed him in the Old Testament, we are learning a little bit more about who God is and how God is. It's a very, very cool thing. And today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 15, uh, and we're going to dig into this. Uh, But before I do, uh, how many of you uh, love it when you can drop your kids off and they're no longer your problem, at least for a few minutes? Good, like six of you. And some of you, Tim, you're, you're too old. You're too old. Your daughter's actually on our staff, man. You can't do that. Um, but I, <laughs> uh, this Friday night, we have a parents' night out. It's right here at Shoal River Middle School. And uh, go to the website, uh, hopecitycc.com. You can get all the details there. Again, it's this coming Friday night. You can drop them off here. And uh, again, for all the details, go to the website, and uh, we'll keep everything updated there. Uh, Wendy and I, this past week, have had some time off. I want to thank you all for, for being a church that understands that. Uh, it's interesting how right before I teach something, uh, the Lord gives me a, a picture, uh, some sort of image that I can relate to to kind of feel what it is that I'm teaching. And um, in Exodus chapter 15, we see a name of God uh, that, uh, to be quite honest, most teachings uh, in the English language, and we've talked about this a few times already, uh, kind of have an, an anemia as a sense of how they explain it. The name of God we find uh, in Exodus 15 is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. And in most of the texts that you look it up, you will see it listed as uh, the Most High who heals. The God who heals. How many of you believe God still heals? Absolutely. Absolutely. You should believe that. Uh, I believe that all of the miracles that are in the Scripture are still for you and they're still today. Amen. And so if he ever healed, he still heals. The scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. Don't you love that about our Heavenly Father? He doesn't change. What he did for somebody else, he'll do for you. What he did in the scriptures, he'll do for you. What he did in Israel, he'll do in Crestview. Amen. And speaking of what he's doing in Israel, how many know God is is putting his hand over Israel? It's incredible what we started seeing this past week. And so continue to pray for Israel. Continue to pray for God's hand to be over her. And uh, and, and and there's a lot of, uh, 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 for the sake of time, I don't want to get into a lot of it, but there's a, there's a lot going on in Israel right now that pertains to some last day events. 
And every day are small pivot points that either take us closer to the end times or we just kind of pause. Have you caught that? That every day they take either another step. It's like, oh, I've seen that before. Where did I find that in the scripture? Or it just pauses. But what we're not seeing is going backwards. We're not seeing this, oh, we missed it. It's, it's, it, this is the wrong time. All we're seeing is this continuation toward the end times of what's going on in Israel right now. So we're going to continue to pray for Israel. Uh, and, uh, and let's just see what God's going to do. I promise you this. I've read the end of the story. Israel does not lose. Uh, I almost just want to send some Bibles over there to the enemy and say, you might want to read this. You, you, this was written thousands of years ago, and it has not been disproven once over thousands of years. You might want to pay attention to the last couple books here. Uh, maybe check out a little Daniel action. Go check out some, some Ezekiel, maybe Revelation. Go just, just do yourself some favor and go read up on this bad boy because, uh, it's not looking too good for you at this point. Either way, I, 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 uh, I'm not going to get on that today. I, I may teach a series on that depending on where we're at in uh, January, but, uh, uh, just pray for Israel because God's going to do some amazing things. The greatest of which is he is going to reveal his son as the Messiah to the Jews. That's the greatest thing that's going to happen is that the Jews are going to finally understand that for a lot, it'll be too late. But can I tell you this? The Bible says that every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess, right? Uh, there's a benefit to those of us who do it uh, before we have to do it. Amen. And so again, boy, I could, I just, I could take off on that this morning, but I'm not going to. Exodus chapter 15. Uh, starting in verse 22, Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. Let me give you some context to what's going on. The children of Israel uh, have been freed from Egypt uh, for about 25 days, and they come to the Red Sea. They've been running for 25 days, and they turn around, and they see Pharaoh and all of his armies chasing behind them. And in the middle of this incredible story, we see these tiny miracles going on that God is making provision for his people. He's feeding them. He's keeping a, a cloud over them by day and a pillar of fire from the fall at night. He's leading and guiding his people. And then all of a sudden they come to the Red Sea and they say, wait a second, what are we going to do now? We're caught between a rock and a hard place. We're caught between the armies of Egypt and the Red Sea. It's either drown, swim, or die by sword and whatever else they had to kill him with. And so God says, well, I've got a third option. It's called faith in me. And so he parts the Red Sea, and the, the Bible says that they walked across dry ground. Boy, don't miss that. Don't miss that. That's a God of completion, that's a God that says, I'm not even, you won't even get slowed up by mud when I'm involved. I'm going to move this water in such a way, it's like water never touched where you'll walk. Do you see just the picture of who God is? Because today when we're studying Jehovah Rapha, we're going to get the completeness of that name, which if you look in the Hebrew, it's not just healer. It's the one who completes the one who completely makes whole. 
every time we see a miracle by God, he doesn't stop halfway. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He brings everything to completion. He didn't just walk across mud. Can you imagine if it was me? I just would have like rolled a bridge across there and said, run. But God says, watch this. And he took his hands and he parted the Red Sea and dried out a path. And they take off across the Red Sea. And what's even crazier is that Pharaoh thought that God rolled the red carpet for him too. You're chasing some people to kill them. If their God is moving oceans for them, you might want to go home. And not Pharaoh. He sends his army after him. Use the same dry land. Go, 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 go get them. And so the children of Israel get on the far side of the Red Sea, and all of a sudden God goes, oh, he moves his hands, and the sea collapses on the armies of Egypt. Uh, just a little side point there. A lot of people believe that Pharaoh died there. That's actually incomplete. Um, we actually see later on that Pharaoh was overthrown. So uh, don't let uh, uh, cartoons mess with your theology, okay? Um, uh, if you go and you listen and you watch a movie called... Um, the Prince of Egypt. They have Pharaoh swimming and trying to get loose, and then he, you know, and then he sinks the one last time, and his hands out of the water. You know, and it's well, we 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 see the continuation of Pharaoh's bloodline there, and so it's, uh, yeah, go read the rest of the Bible, not just through cartoons. Amen. So this brings us to Exodus chapter fifteen. They are now on the far side of the Red Sea. Having seen one of the most miraculous things the world has ever seen. And they are traveling into a wilderness. And that's where we pick up today, chapter 15, verse 22. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea. They went into the desert of Shur. Desert of Shur, you need to pay attention to that. The Desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. This morning, Maddie and I, before service, uh, we were talking with Alan and Diane, and Maddie said, boy, there's something about three days in the Bible, isn't there? I said, don't get me shouting. I'm going to tell you, sister, you keep reading that Bible. That's, uh, that's powerful stuff. Uh, can I tell you when God wants to flex, he takes about three days to wind up before he drops the bomb. You hear me? Anytime you see three days in the scripture, you best pay attention. Uh, so, uh, they had traveled in the desert without finding any water. And when they came to Mara, Mara, when you start studying this, they came to a well named Mara, a well named Mara. They could not drink its water because it was bitter. Uh, that's why this place is called Mara. Mara literally means bitterness in its name. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became fit to drink. Therefore, the Lord issued a ruling, issued a ruling an instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, 
I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha, is what it says in the Hebrew. It says, for I am Jehovah Rapha. Then they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. In these few verses, there's so much to unpack. For the sake of time, I'm going to go as fast as I can to get as much to you as I can. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, God is speaking to their history. He's speaking to their future. He's speaking to his character. He's speaking to their fear. He's speaking to their murmuring. All of this is going on all at once. And God in his wisdom can lay down one set of rules and it changes everything. And today I want to go back through this because I don't want you to miss anything. Again, they had just come from one of the greatest miracles documented in the Bible. If you go by a children's Bible today that only hits about 10 miracles, I promise you the Red Sea's in there. You're going to see David and Goliath, right? You're going to see the ark, right? You're going to see Jesus and his resurrection. You're going to see the Red Sea. This is one of the big ones, right? And they have been moving through the desert with all of their provision for 25 days, and then this great miracle happens, and within three days of walking across dry sand between walls of water, they're murmuring again. Wait, catch that. Let, let's, let's go back. They had been in Slavery for 400 years in Egypt. 400 years. And they saw Moses come out of the wilderness, which his life by itself was a miracle. But then 10 plagues finally shakes Pharaoh loose. Then the Passover takes place. They're seeing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Then they get to the Red Sea after God has provided for them in the wilderness. And they start, what are we going to do? We're going to die. And God says, hang on, i got a plan for you. And they walk across the Red Sea three days after the Red Sea. When we're thirsty. If I was like God, I was like, you know what? I got you water. Come on back to the Red Sea for a second. Let me show you a trick. Come on out to the middle. I'm going to let all this water loose on you. You'll have all the water you've ever dreamed of. But they begin to murmur again. And God showed me something in this. If we're going to look at him as Jehovah Rapha, we have to see that it's not just about healing our physical bodies. There is a context of him being Jehovah Rapha that also heals our insecurities. There is a piece of Jehovah Rapha that says he can complete in our inadequacies. There's a piece of him being Jehovah Rapha that says he can bring a wholeness when my fear speaks louder than my faith. And so he begins to speak to them. And a lot of people say, well, wait a second. He's saying he's, he's, saying he's a healer. But we have no indication at this point that anybody's sick. 
follow the scripture. He says, if you do what I ask you to do, I will not visit the sickness that I laid on Egypt on you. We have no indication that anybody's even got a sniffle. And he says, remember, I am a God of wholeness. I'm a God of completion. That anything you need, I can bring to the table for you. I will take what you lack and I will bring it to you in a wholeness. If it's health that you need, yeah, I've got that. But if it's relief from your fear, I'm that too. If it's if it's faith over your murmuring, yeah, I can be that. So we see this picture begin to evolve. And, and I love the pictures. Oh my gosh, the beautiful pictures that the Bible lays out. They literally come right out of the Red Sea and right into this place called the Desert of Shur. The Desert of Shur. If you look up the word Shur, it means walls or enclosure. Walls or enclosure. If you go look this up on the map, it's very interesting because the, the Red Sea kind of runs kind of a northwestern uh, to a south uh, or, or a northeastern to a southwestern direction. And when you get over the way they came, uh, you go into the wilderness of Shur, and there are great walls that leave you between the Red Sea and these great walls. Now you got to remember, this ain't like me and you going for a walk. This is millions of people. And they come across the Red Sea, and now all of a sudden, all they see on one side of them is the Red Sea. And on the other side of them are these great walls. They're stuck. There's nowhere to go. And so they just continue walking. And what's interesting is, is the desert of Shur, in their language, it literally says you are in the wilderness of the rock and the hard place. So when you told them, hey, congratulations, you came out of the Red Sea. They're like, oh, thanks for that. Now we're here between the Red Sea again and a mountain that won't move. I ask you, have you ever been in a position like that? To where you feel like you had like a major victory spiritually, but it seems like the minute you try to celebrate that victory, you actually find out that you're between a rock and a harder place. When you needed God to deliver you and it seems like he plucked you out of the frying pan uh, right back into the skillet. Can I tell you, God has a purpose for everything that he does. There are seasons of life that we go through that only those seasons can reveal his loveliness. I tell this to my kids all the time. I say, the valley is just as important as the mountaintop. People always, we want these mountaintop adventures with God. But, but what you don't understand is, is he has just as many names that call him lovely in the valley as he does beautiful on the top of the mountain. He's called the lily of the valley. There is a beauty to God that you can only see in your worst moments. And so as I'm, as I'm going through this story, I see, man, I can relate to this. There are times where it just feels like it goes from bad to worse. And can I tell you how we respond in those moments is everything to our walk with Christ. 
And it's not always how it affects us as much as it is affecting weaker believers around us. Because when we go through hard times, if we allow murmuring and, and complaining, and, and can, can I tell you, I, I have a hard time with people who claim to be Christians and are negative all the time. No, you need to, some of y'all need to hear this. You need to let this soak into your spirit. You have a crabby spirit, but you don't serve a crabby God. You got this murmuring situation where all you do is complain and it's almost like you forgot about your Red Sea moments. And and I'm, I'm here to tell you, God is just as much God in the wilderness of Shur as he is when you were walking through the middle of the sea. He does not change. Could it be that your perception in your mouth has changed what you think of him? Because I promise you, he ain't moved. And so what happens is, this murmuring begins. I can hear all the bad jokes. Well, we had plenty of water three days ago. <laughs> Anybody think of filling up a container? <laughs> Day one or two, that mess is probably funny. You ever seen somebody that was dehydrated? Lips cracked, skin wrinkled, eyes not able to make tears anymore because your body's already used that, and you're literally dying. And they're between a rock and a hard place. And they come to this place that they think is going to be all of their answers. Scripture says, when they came to Mara, they looked up, and I'm sure somebody said, look, there's a well. There's a well. God has answered our prayers. I, I wasn't there. But I promise you, they didn't walk. They ran. They ran. The sustenance of life. They'd been begging God, and now water is within their eyesight. And they run, and they draw water, and they take a drink, and what? It's salt water. Wait, why would somebody have a well that draws salt water? Sometimes when things don't make sense in the natural You've got to start looking through your supernatural eyes. Where the children of Israel were looking for man's labor, remember, God did not build that well. The well of Mara was built by man. And when they saw that, they thought that their prayers had been answered. And so they ran to this place that man had provided for their answer. And if there's one thing I'll tell you about God is that he does not share his glory. Boy, the quicker you get that, the better your life's going to be. And so they run, they get to this well, 
and they drink, and all of a sudden, it's bitter. It's salt water. If we drink it, it just makes it worse. So now, in three days, we've been chased by Pharaoh, delivered, chased nonetheless. We're between a rock and a hard place, and we get to the place that should have been our deliverance, and now it's guaranteed death if we even touch it. So they begin to complain and murmur even more. And what you find if you read this carefully is the moment that they found the well of Mara, it was an opportunity of were they going to be people who remembered the goodness of God? Were they going to remember their blessing? Or were they going to begin to emit bitterness? The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to good people all the time. Can I tell you, that that's not an indicator nor an indictment of God. Good things happen to bad people. And all too often, we let our circumstances dictate how we approach God. We begin murmuring. Can I tell you there's a difference between bringing your prayers and petitions to God and complaining? You see, when I bring my prayers and supplication to God, it's with the expectation that he can change it. When I just bring a complaint, it's an indictment. You brought me here. This is some of the first times we start hearing the children of Israel say, we would have been better off being left in Egypt. Yeah, slaves for 400 years. We've been out here 28 days and we're dying. Take us back to Egypt. You know where we see this is in brand new Christians. Well, we also see it in people who claim to be, I'm going to watch my tongue. You know what? No, I'm not. My dad told me a long time ago, he said, son, you're going to run into people who claim to be 20-year-old Christians, and really they've been six months old 40 times. When you walk with God, you learn to trust him. But what you don't learn, you will repeat. If there's one thing that I'd take all three of my kids, if I could give them one thing, I would give them this picture of God. If you ever feel like you're going through the same thing over and over again, start looking at what it is you're not getting. You will repeat until you get what it is that you're supposed to get, and then you graduate. But congratulations. You don't graduate out of problems. You graduate to bigger problems. And then you take the knowledge of the smaller problem and you give that to a weaker believer to help them walk out. It just, if somebody told you being saved is an easy life, they lied to you. A blessed life, amen. Easy, wrong. So here we are. A well that at one time had to have some kind of drinking water in it. And they begin to murmur 
God says, I don't know why they're complaining. I've been doing all these miracles for them. And they complain so much that even Moses starts to cry out. Now, Moses has been through some crazy stuff too. I just imagine Moses was pretty tough. For him to start squalling, there had to be some serious problems in the camp. The Bible, don't, don't take my word for it. Go read the scriptures. And Moses cried aloud. There's a difference between saying, God, we sure need some water down here. To, I can't take their murmuring anymore. You want me to lead these people, but here I am. They're dying. Help me lead them. We don't know where to go. There's water on one side and mountains on the other. We, we, we can't go but this direction. And what God was trying to get them to see all along is that man is not their source. God is their source. So the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He said, Moses, take that piece of wood there. If you really look it up in the Hebrew, he told him to go cut down a tree. He said, not just any tree, that tree. And he goes and he cuts down a tree. And he says, take it and throw it in the well. He cuts down wood. He takes it and he throws it in the well. And instantly, the water became sweet. Sweet water. Sweet water. No longer bitter, drinkable. No longer bitter, but but usable water. And while I was reading that this past week and I was studying, I just felt the Lord say, whenever you're in a place of bitterness, go back to the place where a man and some wood made the difference. I went. You see, God has always used a man and some wood. When it was a flood, it was Noah and some gopher wood. When his children were locked up in captivity, it was Moses and a staff. When they were in the wilderness, it was Moses and a tree trunk thrown into. But for you and I, the once and for all man in wood was a man named Jesus and a cross. And instead of murmuring with this bitterness, instead of focusing on the negativity, Instead of focusing on what we can't fix ourselves, we've got to go back to the place to where God says, I will intervene and see the picture that he's faithful in all things. That yes, it may look like we're coming to our end. It might look like that everything's being lost. It may look like God's vision and plan for your life has come to an end. It may look like your children are never going to receive Christ. It may look like your family's falling apart. It might look like your job and your career is over. Can I tell you, there's a man and a piece of wood that stands today that says it makes a difference where you put your hope.
So this sickness of bitterness, I just, man, I've just, I was telling, uh, I've told two or three people this morning, just that bitterness has just been ringing in my ears for the last two or three days. And can I tell you something? That's not God's portion for your life. Thinking about what you don't have is not God's portion for your life. Thinking about the tough days is not God's portion for your life. What he wants you to remember is that you're still here and he's still God. You see, the tougher things you went through give you characteristics of the goodness and the size and the scope of God's capability. Jehovah Rapha. Does he heal? Praise God, yes. But he restores. And sometimes it means he needs to restore a song of praise to a mouth of bitterness. You see, that's the difference. Your bitterness worships your problems. Let me say that again. Your bitterness worships your problem. But you're supposed to be worshiping God. You see, when you go back to the very beginning, you were made to praise. You were made to glorify and to worship the Lord. That's the intimate part of our walk with God is that we tell him how good he is and he reminds us how much he loves us. Isn't that wonderful? That every day you can get up and start your day with praise and worship or you can get up and you can exalt your problems. It's up to you. I've been there where my problems seem more real than my God. Yeah, I've been there. But can I tell you this? Those problems have gone away and my God is still here. I've watched my problems change flavor and change direction and change characteristics and change time and change the names and my God has not changed in all those times. So what is worthy? Who is worthy of my praise then? This thing that will go away in time, this thing that will not destroy me but only reiterate God's strength in my life? Or is it God who deserves my praise? You see, your bitterness worships your problem. Your praise worships your God. And I believe for us to do what God's called us to do, for us to be a people who are attractive to other people. We can't have all this negative. You ever been around people just negative all the time? Just, well, you probably ain't going to believe what happened this week. I'm probably not. I'm probably not going to believe it. But can I tell you, even as unbelievable as horrible things can happen, can I tell you God's still God? You say, and then think about this. Think about this. You ain't going to believe what happened this week, Misty. My family's been slaves 400 years. 400 years. 
sent one of my cousins talk smack to the president and he let us go free she's like praise God no hang on just gets worse from there she goes wait a minute you're free yeah what's the matter I'm out here starving to death yeah but you're free well no you don't understand look in the rearview mirror the other day got 10,000 dadgum chariots coming at me yeah, but you're free. Did you not hear what I said, Misty? There's there's chariots coming after me. It's 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 Pharaoh, the president, it's everybody coming all at me at once. That's all right, you're free. Yeah, but I'm I'm under attack. And then on top of that, trying to spend a couple days at the beach. Here I get pinned in between the army and the dadgum beach. Just wanting to, you know, cool my jets. And the enemy's just coming at me. Can't even enjoy the beach anymore. And then we pray. And instead of God destroying the army, he makes me walk. He parts the water and says, get to walking. He knows I don't even like to walk that much. Here we go, walking across the ocean. And guess what's happening the whole time? Here comes the army chasing after us. So here, I can't even walk with a relaxing walk anymore. I've got to put a little pep in my step. Here I am in a light jog across the Red Sea's floor. Tell me how I can, that's just frustrating. I'm convinced there are people, if you put them in the middle of God's goodness, they'll find something to complain about. And all of a sudden, well, did you get to the other side? I guess. Caleb, I got to the other side. There's a dadgum wall. And I look behind me, the ocean done closed up. Yeah, it killed the army that's trying to kill me, but what good's that do me? I was thirsty then. So if the army don't kill me, I guess I'm going to die of thirst out here. What'd you do then? Start looking for something to drink. So me and a bunch of my buddies walking around out here in the woods come across a well. Thank God we found a well. Thank God somebody was smart enough to dig a hole a long time ago, we can get a little water out of it. Thank God. You ain't going to believe it, Caleb. You ain't going to believe it. If it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have. Get over here and I pour me up a big old drink. Salt water. I don't even know. God, are you up there? The whole time God's saying but you're free. The whole time God's saying, but I parted the ocean for you. The whole time God's saying, but Pharaoh's voice didn't make it out the way you made it out. The whole time God's saying, yeah, that's man's well. I've got something different for you and yours. You should keep walking past. When man says they have the answer, God has something better. Let me show it to you as I close. Let me show it to you. They kept going. Yes, God gave them pure water to drink but it wasn't the final answer it says then 
they came to Elim, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. What is the, can I tell you, there's never anything in the scripture for no reason. I looked this up. 12 springs. If you go and you look, each of them were named after the individual tribes of Judah. God took them back to their roots. And he said, if you will worship me the way your fathers worshiped me, you'll get a side of me you've never imagined. There'll be not just water for you, there'll be shade on you in the middle of the desert. The sun won't even touch your back or your forehead anymore. I can be God bigger. And I said, okay, that's 12. I get the 12. But where's the significance of the 70? From the descendants of Noah to that time, 70 nations had sprung up. And God said, whether you are part of the original 12 or the evolution of my goodness, from the beginning to the end, I'm still God. Church, can I tell you how you speak about what you're going through makes a difference. Let's not be bitter people. Let's be blessed people. I'm not saying you can't ask for prayer. I'm not saying you can't fill out a connect card. What I'm saying is, is do it with some expectation of God's goodness. Do it with little hope that your God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or imagine. Because at the end of the day, if you would just turn with a little perspective, most of us just came out of a Red Sea. Most of us have seen some armies fall. We're free. Is God good? Yes or no? Then may every word that comes out of our mouth honor Him and adore Him for being Jehovah Rapha, the God who completes. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word that when it's rightly divided, we're sharpened. When it's rightly divided, Lord, we learn more of your character, more of your nature. Lord, right now, I just rebuke the spirit of bitterness. I rebuke it out of Hope City. Send it somewhere else. It's not going to come here. And I want to lift up a spirit of worship in this house. A spirit of gratitude. Father, I thank you that yes, yes, we can go through bad times, but our worship is still valid. You're still good, even when bad things happen. And I just want to thank you for that. That my circumstances do not dictate my God. My God dictates my circumstances. And so I just want to take a moment to tell you thank you. I just want to take a moment to worship you this morning. I just want to take a moment to say thank you. I thank you for the health that is in my body. I thank you for the strength that is in my body. I thank you for the health, the, the, the health of my marriage. I thank you for the health of my children. I thank you, Lord, that we are blessed and highly favored. Father, I thank you that, yes, I could look to my side and begin to worship a problem or two, but I choose to worship you. 
So remove bitterness. Remove the murmuring from our vocabularies and allow us to push forward into the greatness of who you are with our praise and our worship. Change our thoughts so that our words might change so that our heart may be positioned correctly toward you. Thank you for it. You are Jehovah Rapha. You're everything I need. You're not just the health in my body, you're the health in my spirit. Thank you for that today. May our spirit and our souls be alive today with the spirit of Jehovah Rapha. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. Not even our own negative words. Not even our own naysaying and our own murmuring and yeah, just, just, just take that part of our mouth and get rid of it. You created us to worship. We are at our highest and best use when we are praising and worshiping you. May your worship never leave our mouths. Bring us back next week with more of your wisdom and more of your word, and we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care, and God bless.